Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly spin-off podcast. I'm Paul, that's John, and good God, listeners, thank you so much for all of your wonderful emails after the last few episodes. I got an email there from somebody called Charlotte in reference to the Nightcaller, and can I read this email to you? It's, a, it's really lovely. Hi there, I've been working my way through all of your podcasts while working through my studies. Such a great way to spend the late and early hours while typing away. I must admit there have been so many laugh-out-loud moments that my family may think I'm losing my marbles. I'm studying counselling, so the combination of podcasts and dreadful case studies really make me wonder. I wanted to get in touch to ask whether or not you have heard of the Dunedin study. I think that's how you pronounce it. Dunedin. Dunedin, sorry. Hmm. Specifically in relation to whether or not a serial killer is born or made. It is, a fa- it is a fascinating work spanning many years in New Zealand, Dunedin, strangely enough, looking at the DNA of all the babies born in a specific year. They look at their individual DNA and the kind of family they've been raised in and the outcomes of their lives. Interesting stuff. Nature versus nurture. And then she's linked the actual study. All of this is probably exacerbated by the fact that I'm a New Zealander who now lives in Adelaide. Ha ha ha. But also slightly terrified. Ha ha. Thanks for your time. Absolutely love your work. So amusing and dark and interesting. Best wishes, Charlotte. Now, interestingly, I've gone and had a look at the study. And Dad, what they've done is they're basically... It's kind of like that... There was that documentary series where they followed a bunch of kids throughout the years. But this is thousands of subjects, and the research that these folks have come up with, this uh, couple, has actually helped, I think, and I'm paraphrasing here, outlaw the execution of minors in the States, because it's basically shown that trauma can have a demonstrable effect on your behavior later on in a really interesting way. Now, where do you fall on the spectrum of nature versus nurture, or like Tegan and myself, are you somewhere in the middle? Hmm. Well, well. Let's take case in point. Yeah. Our last story. Yes, please. Uh, and you and I did, whilst not making excuses for the uh, the offender. Mm. We, one can't help but attribute at least a portion of the of the uh, let's say the adult mm. based on previous experience uh, i nurture if you i mean but then i guess you have to separate mental illness which is to me very obvious yeah so but i mean did you have a particularly sunny did you have a completely flawless sunny upbringing did you have any trauma in your childhood at all did you have any stuff that have... trauma yeah but i mean but by that's that... how you deal with it what do you think the odds were of you Going down a different path. Oh, so you mentioned well, that there's you mentioned that you had slightly traumatic things happen to you when you were younger. Mm. You don't need to go into those, but I mean, you became a police officer, and I would argue you became a police officer on the the tiniest fraction of likelihood. 
I mean, the odds of you becoming a cop were infinitesimal, but that that newspaper article blew under your door on that day. Mm. And you, you know, you, you went down a real avenue. I did, Paul, because I was on that same day or probably yeah. that same week, I was mm. given the opportunity to get involved in a very large drug deal. I'm like, sorry. I'm talking hundreds of kilos. Hey, okay, hang on, hang on. This is new. This is Sorry, new information. Mate. No, 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 no. This is good. So, okay, listeners, we are at finally over five years into this project, into this ongoing story, into this delve into the psyche of John Rohover. Are we finding out that there was a fucking sliding doors moment mm, at which Dad was either so. going to become a, a cop or a criminal? No, this this I, it was a major, major opportunity for me. It was going to be life changing. I was going to be able to probably buy back then a Mercedes. Talk with me a small through. change. Talk me through in in granular detail do not varnish the truth in any way you cannot be held liable for this because you didn't do anything you can change mm. names i want to know exactly paint us a really detailed picture here so you, this is when you're working at the um, uh, the envelope factory okay which yes. sounds and how so, old are you at this point well i'd finished my apprenticeship uh yep. four years of possibly the f- worst four years of my life apart okay. from the preceding 16 which was shitty as well but um, 19 years old no, I'd finished my apprenticeship and I actually worked in a few engineering firms on the northern beaches and I ended up at this company called Cellpack that used yep. to doesn't exist anymore. In fact, that's... Yeah, remember the time when I worked for the, the safe company and we were using thermo lances and I learned how to, you know, pick locks, you know, break, break into safes. So you can see that, it, you know, it's... It's a useful no, it's, skill set. <laughs> it's a great skill set. Yeah. And, and, and I truly was at the crossroads. Now... You know, the listeners know from your first book, Loose Units, mm. a veritable masterpiece of literacy. Bless you. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't say that lightly. Thank you. I, I, I think it's, it's no, it's it's a fucking great read. And um, you know, I was miserable, and I was searching. Now there was this guy, and I'm going to describe him. Literally, yeah, and I, it's a very interesting description I'm about to give, Paul. I think it's not its not a description often used, but I would describe him both physically yeah. and character-wise as an oily person. Oily. What, that, what does that mean? Okay, well, he had sort of oily hair, okay. oily skin, and he was an oily character. He perspired a lot. Okay. And the perspiration would ooze out of the pores of his skin and just sit there gotcha. in waiting. Gotcha. But he was a jovial character as well. In fact, I might go so far as to say he was somewhat jocular. What was his name? I fuck knows his name. Oh, okay. I thought you were, okay, you don't remember his name. Okay. No, God, no. Okay. But even if I did, I wouldn't say it. Right. But he, he liked me. And as did a lot of people. What did he then. do? What was his actual position? He had, a, he had a job within this company. Okay. I'd prefer not to say what his job was, but sure. he he had a job and he was always a sort of he was a jolly, jovial, jocular, sort of jumping type, oily oh, character. There. Well yep. done. Um and he always had a smile on his face. And I don't know how we got talking, but he and he let me know that he was going to be involved. He had already been involved in some fairly hefty um marijuana deals. And, of course, I was a bit of a, well, I guess I was an opportunist. And I always, uh, you know, I've always liked money. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or what money can do. You can buy nice things. Trinkets, as my father used to say. You're a 19-year-old. Whores will have their trinkets. You're a 19-year-old kid and the mm. prospect of... And a, and a a bit of a rat bag? What do you think? Uh, not really. I was a pretty good... I was a good, good kid and I was... On the straight and narrow... You've literally said to me before that you were an absolute nightmare, that you would run off to strip clubs, that you were a bit of a rat Oh, bag. well, that's... Not... I was going to strip clubs when I was 16 in the cross. But by 19, you'd really cleaned up your act as evidenced by the fact that you're about to engage in a fairly large drug deal. It was a huge deal, but I had to stump <laughs> up a fair bit of cash. Yeah, okay. Uh, now hang from... on, hang on. Okay. So, wait, wait, wait. This guy, this guy approaches you, right? Yeah, yeah. Talk, talk us through what, how he actually makes the pitch. Well, he, I remember he, some, in the far recesses of my mind, I actually got to see some of the drugs. There was a huge, massive, like industrial sized garbage bag, black, you know, those really big bin liners. Yeah. And it was full to the gunnels with marijuana. And I'm not talking loose leaves, I'm talking compressed hardcore bud think no 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 more like concentrated bricks? yeah little... uh, like um sort of heads compressed heads um they used to call them buddha bars and you know i i i'm putting it out there listeners i did partake of the of the of the weed occasionally i've got some terrible stories one in particular that I can share with you if you like, Paul. Sure. Uh, or not. Would you like me to? Sure. Okay, so I was going to a disco at the Harbour Diggers Club. It was on a Sunday night. It was hosted by Donnie Sutherland. He was just he was he was a big name in the seventies. But I was meeting a foreign exchange student from Finland. Her name and if she's still alive, her name's Joanna. And she was foxy. And I was out to impress her, but I had my grandmother's Ford Cortina that I'd bought. But it needed some mechanical work done on it. And I took it to like an industrial estate. And there were these bikies there. And they wanted me to partake in some of the weed, which I did. I sort of succumbed to peer group pressure. And I was so stoned that we had to work on a particular part of the car engine and I dropped this component into this long grass. It was like dropping a tin full of, full of needles into long grass. If you were straight, it would be very difficult to locate all the needles. But because I was stoned, it, it was like a very bad nightmare and I knew that if I couldn't find all the needles to put back into this particular component, I wouldn't get to drive my grandmother's car to the disco that night. And it was all in all, it was just a bad experience. Sure. I don't really need drugs with the type of mind I've got. And I would also probably say to you, Paul, neither do you. We, we, we don't need drugs. Mm-hmm. We are pretty out there, I feel. Yes. Um, so it was sort of... because. When you're stoned, everything's amplified, all your senses, both good and bad. Um, I actually remember I once ate some hash by myself and I was in the shower and I thought, wow, this is 
crazy. Nothing's happening. And then I was listening to the news. The The door was open from the bathroom into the lounge room. And I was listening to the newsreader. And all of a sudden, his voice started to slow down until he was speaking really slowly. And it was pretty freaky. So I, I don't think I've ever had a good experience. So coming back to the story, he said to me that if you stump up and to me at the time, it was a fair bit of money, but it was not sort of impossible mm-hmm. for me to get. Mm-hmm. He was explaining the mathematical computations of profit sharing. There was so much money to be made that it just... But then I started a sort of way, you know, risk first, plus it's illegal. And as the listeners know, it was around about that time on that fateful day that the 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 segment of newspaper sort of blew into the, the bathroom where I was mm. sitting and it was an advertisement to join the New South Wales Police Force. Now, I was at the crossroads, wasn't I? I could have gone down the path of, you know, the drug thing. Or I, I chose to, to join the police force. And from the day, that day that I decided to join the New South Wales Police Force, uh, I, I made that decision. But I remember when the police, you know how the police used to come to your home? Yeah. At really weird hours and they came in and my my flatmate and my brother, were they were growing marijuana in the bathroom. That's right, yes. And I actually had a pierced ear. I've told you this story, haven't I? It's in the book. Yeah, and I just sprung out of bed and I realised as I'm about to open the door, shit, I've got an earring in my left ear. So, and I just thought that's... Look, back in the 70s, listeners, it was a bit weird. I th- I may have had an afro. I looked like a... That's <laughs> a funny... It's a, it's a scary look. What's you know, weird is the, the knock-on effects of you becoming a police officer and not a drug dealer hmm. have affected everyone around you and not just... Not just me and, you know, the immediate family, but also everybody who's listened to and read this. Mm. And the other day, in fact, you and mum were heading through Sydney and we won't name who, but you had people approach you. You had two uh, people I'm very close with uh, approach Mm. you because one of them has become a police officer specifically because of you. That's pretty wild. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So, look, you know, we all know that just with the word, that's why the word is so... So strong and back to our sort of coming right back to the beginning of this. Um, you can't take your words back. And as a parent, if you say something traumatic to your children, it can stay with them. And in terms of nature or nurture, I mean, we could, golly, we could do a whole, we could do a season on it. Hmm. Um, I don't necessarily believe where they take the brain of... And people have been trying to do this for probably, well, probably a, you know, hundreds of years where they've tried to... They've looked into the brains, the physical brains of deceased murderers and rapists and child killers. And, and you know, can they see anything different? Um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but imagine... In the worst case scenario, and here's a real moral dilemma, Paul, and there's been a movie made about this. You know how they do, they, they have those um, people that can figure out, they work out that a crime is going to be committed? 
Mm-hmm. The precogs, they call them. Yeah. Wait, are you talking about Minority Report? Yes. But what? I, imagine if in society in the future, we have systems where we know you are going to commit a crime, but you haven't committed it. That's scary. Imagine arresting people prior to committing a crime. I think it's, it's, a, whole, it's a, kid- a whole other topic, Dad. Jesus Christ. I know. Precogs. Just what you need is three bald people lying in bathtubs muttering to themselves, and then you got yourself mm. a justice system. Um, Dad, I think that's probably all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends. I'm really, really glad we've gone through this, and I'm glad we figured out that at some point in the past you almost became a drug dealer. I'm curious as to how that would have panned out. I would love to just jump into a parallel timeline and see what you'd be like uh, if you'd gone down a different path. You know, maybe it would have... uh... Maybe it would have been fine. Maybe this would be a podcast about drugs. I don't know. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this very strange Fork in the Road episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends. I'm Paul, that's John, you're you, and we will see you bright and early next week for more Loose Units. Bye, everyone. Cheerio. Great. Uh, I started recording in a seat of... Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.